Hey guys, welcome to the Touchdown Table podcast. And right away, I'm going to turn it over to Tyler, who's going to tell us what we're doing on this episode. Yeah, we got a lot today for you guys to hear. Um, so we're going to start off just talking about a couple of the top games um, from last week and week four of the NFL season. Um, so we'll get through those progressively. And then we got some other top stories from last week in both college football and in the NFL to talk about. Um, so we're going to hit on all of that, but I think it's time that we get into the first game, get this podcast rolling. Our first game that we want to talk about is an NFL game. We're only talking about NFL games extensively in this podcast. The first one is the Chargers at the Bucks. It was a high-scoring game, 38-31. Buccaneers won this one. So let's start breaking it down. What did you guys see? Well, when you watch that game, if you were watching that game, you'd realize that the Chargers were leading that game through the first half. Herbert was looking good. Uh, but then Eckler went down, and things kind of just went down from there. Uh, Herbert still played some pretty good football, but then Tom Brady and his Bucks started playing really good on that offensive side of the ball. Uh, Tom Brady ended up with 369 pass yards with five touchdowns and an interception as well. Uh, so he had a, a fantastic second half to lead his team to the victory. Yeah, and the rookie Herbert hung in there well with the goat. I love that guy. He did. He had 290 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. It always seems like Herbert has that one play in the game where yeah. you just be like, come on, you didn't have to do that. We saw that with the interception in this one. But for the most part, he's like really good. All interceptions have been like throws he should not have made. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's something that's a, that's rookie mistakes. He'll yeah. get over that. He's um, got a heck of an arm. He does. he does. Did you see that? He threw like 63 yards beautifully. Oh, no. Well, we knew how good his arm was. There was I, that I clip. know that because uh, you guys are going to love me for this. Brandon, you're going to start to learn. I'm a DJ guy, Daniel Jeremiah. I was watching something of him on Instagram where he was breaking down Justin Herbert in this throw where he threw 63 yards. The dude has a cannon for an arm. We oh, saw yeah. we it knew into the draft. We knew that. It was just fun to see it on the NFL stage. Yeah, he showed that off in the combine. I mean, both the offenses were playing very well in this one. Uh, we just talked about Justin Herbert um, doing well. 290, we, three touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, we read that off. 290. But, um, they had a new receiver step up, Jalen Guyton, um, who I believe was undrafted, if I'm not mistaken. He had 72 yards and a touchdown in this one. Keenan Allen did. reception. We had uh, one yeah, on one reception. So he he, he didn't really quote unquote step up, but <laughs> he took he, one giant step. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, he he took a step up. It was just a large step. Hey man, I uh, can't even get two yards in the league. You know, you know who, uh, who's stepped up and has been stepping a lot for up for this team a lot? That's Keenan Allen. Eight receptions compared to this guy Jalen Guyton's one reception. <laughs> he had 62 yards in the game, no touchdown. But Keenan Allen is playing very very good. Remember before the season, the I think it was a tweet that he said about how he was one of the best receivers in the league. He wasn't being respected. Um, and he's, he's showing I think, that. I, I think, think I've always yeah. liked He was him. directing he's that at Chris Sims, I think. Really? I think so. You know, he's kind of getting older in his career, like and it makes sense that people are doubting him a little bit. But don't count Keenan Allen out yet. Devontae Adams because, is still better. Oh, well. Yeah. He's a little bit <laughs> overrated at times, too. He's either overrated or underrated, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> what happened with the Buccaneers offense, though, is something I really like in terms of the Buccaneers being successful with something I don't like in terms of the Buccaneers had to play the Bears uh, on Thursday night in week five. Um, but they have been getting better and better every week. They're getting their players more involved. Mike Evans got a touchdown this week. Scotty Miller, once again, was a huge part of this offense. O.J. Howard got a touchdown. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie, and Cameron Brait as well. So the ball got spread around plenty of receivers in this one. The running game wasn't absolutely outstanding. Horrendous. Well, besides Ronald Jones. Yeah. 20 carries for 111 yards. Yeah. 
I mean, it's over. It's over a hundred yards, but it's a lot. I mean, it's not too. It's not too bad. Uh, so really, both offenses look good. I think both these teams have bright futures, with Justin Herbert being there with the Chargers and that um, Buccaneers offense rolling. And then the Buccaneers defense, their front seven right now is amazing. It scares the heck out of me that the Bears have to go against that on Thursday. Um, as a Bears fan, but it's looking very good. Their defensive line. Plenty of sacks so far. Their linebackers are doing well. Not to mention their secondary. I mean, it's all it's all doing well. I don't even know if I mentioned Antoine Winfield last week or not. But he's been a standout rookie so far. A guy I loved coming out of the draft. And I'm excited to see that that defense is playing well. Well, you're talking about the defense. And so far, I don't know if this is... Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So last game against the Chargers, two sacks for them and five tackles for loss. Uh, they've been playing very, very great. Going into the season with the Bucks, you're thinking, oh gosh, we're going to see Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, this huge offense, this fantastic offense just go off. But the Buccaneers defense has been getting built up nicely, getting Shaq Barrett to a longer deal. Devin, Devin I almost said Devin Wade. <laughs> <laughs> we're not mad at No, we're not mad at Devin White, uh, he's done in his second year. I really like what he's doing. This whole defense is just playing very great. And yes, Tyler, of course, we will have to shout at Antoine Winfield because he has been doing good. Yeah, not so much in week four, but one, two, and three, he was a uh, very standout rookie. I think it's time we can move on to the next game. Yep. We'll be moving a little bit quicker with these games because we got plenty to talk about um, with the rest of it. But the next game we want to talk about was the Cardinals at Panthers game. That was a bit of an upset. Yeah. We didn't think. We said on the Touchdown Table YouTube channel, which, by the way, go subscribe to, we said, all Shame three of us, that we did not <laughs> think the Cardinals would um, get upset two weeks in a row, and it happened. But this Panthers team is looking better. And without Christian McCaffrey as well. Yeah, Mike Davis, who I believe was on the Bears last year, has really stepped up in that Christian McCaffrey role. He's looking like a number one running back. It starts with him. Teddy Bridgewater's playing well. They're getting their receivers involved as much as they possibly can. I mean, this Matt Rule team seems excited, and it's not even close to what it can be in the future. Yeah, and I said this before the season, that um, people were kind of dismissing Carolina, thinking that they were going to be, you know, 3-13, and 4-12, kind of tanking. Yeah, you did. Uh, but... I really didn't think that. You know, I didn't think that they would be um, that bad. I'm not saying I thought they were going to be a playoff team, but I really think when you looked at Carolina, you saw a team that was like, wow, I really think this team could uh, get some upset wins or could cause uh, some trouble for a contending team down the stretch. And, you know, they've really, really actually done a good job. And we saw it um, against the, the Cardinals. I mean, that's a team that there was a lot of hype around, and the Carolina Panthers just went out and beat them. Because uh, we have to forget, you know, we like to joke about it and say, you know, CMC is that whole team. But they do have other nice players on that offense. You know, DJ Moore is a solid receiver. Robbie Anderson has been doing nice things. Right? Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, another one. So there are still playmaking guys on this offense. I still think they're at least a year away from making the playoffs. So I think um, we saw the, these last two weeks that this team does have a bright future. And it's only going to get better when Christian McCaffrey's back. So, yeah, don't count out the Panthers. You know, they're definitely a team that can get some upsets down the stretch. And we saw that last week. Yeah, and a lot of the guys you just named off, they're young guys. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he's still kind of young in his career. He's been in the NFL for a while, but that injury just did not put him on the field. Uh, you're naming off guys like DJ Moore, Curtis Samo. They're all young, and there's also some older guys as well, um, like like the running back we were talking about, Mike Davis, some of the other guys who have more experience. But this is a young team who wants to go out there and fight. And coming into the season, people were putting the Panthers in conversation with people like teams like the Jaguars, the Jets, uh, the Giants, who as we've seen, are just not playing very great right now. People were throwing the Panthers' name in there. I think people need to calm down on that. I know it's a whole kind of revamped team. Matt Rule's new team. They want full defense in the draft, which, by the way, the 
the defense hasn't been playing too well uh, so far, at least as far as I know. Uh, but their offense has been playing very good. Teddy has really been setting up. Teddy Two Gloves playing very good. 276 yards last week, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, and he's had re two really good, re really good weeks. The Panthers have had two really good weeks. Continue to watch out for them. As Ryan said, uh, they're going to be a team that well, they're in a vision, a division with the Saints and the Buccaneers, two contending teams. Uh, don't be surprised if they beat those two teams at some point in the season, and maybe even spoil something towards the end. Yeah, I feel like they could be a spoiling team. Both you and Ryan brought that up. Uh, that is definitely something I could see happening. But right now, the Cardinals are looking to be on a decline. They lost to the Lions in two weeks, or in week, two, in, yeah, two weeks ago, and now the Panthers again. Um, it's looking rough for them. Kyler Murray's stats not very well. 133 yards, three touchdowns. No picks, though. It's better than his three picks last week, at least. Um, so he improved in that category, but the offense is not going like they were in the first two weeks of the season. That's concerning to me. DeAndre Hopkins only 41 yards, and he was their leading receiver. I still am not too concerned about this team. I see the talent there. I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team to begin with, but I think they're, like the Panthers, a team that down the stretch could spoil some contenders and later in the season so they can lose those top seeds. So it's just their an underdog for almost every game that they play because people underrate them so much. Yeah, that's, Absolutely. that's basically what it is. But um, the Panthers, this is really their standout game because we saw one week, ah, uh, could have just been a fluke. I mean, you know, but two weeks against a better team in the Cardinals, um, you could say, some could say. They've played good every week. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. even in the games they've lost, there's been bright spots. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, two similar teams, but let's move on to the next game. And that game that we want to talk about next is the Bills at Raiders game. That was an exciting one. Uh, we figured it was going to be a good one going in, and it was. So you guys take that away. Ryan, you want to go? Yeah, I'll start with this one. You know, this was indeed a good game. And I think when you look at um, both these teams, you, you look at a lot of interesting things that happened. And obviously, you know, you look on the Buffalo side, you look at um, what Josh Allen did. You know, the 300-yard passing game streak is over. He only had 288 Come passing yards. Yeah, but hey, really? two touchdowns, no picks. Really, yeah. Ryan, really? He, he, you got to be kidding me. He, he, I, I, yeah, 12 yards away, but, you know, still a good game from Josh Allen and the Bills. You see the improvement in Josh Allen's game. I talked about this last week. He looks more mature. He looks more experienced, and that's because he is. Yeah. Just, you see it on the field in his decision-making because he always had the rocket arm, but that decision-making and that understanding of, certain situations has really been improving in just a quarter through the season. That's been so evident. And when you look at um, on the Vegas side, you know, Vegas, you know, they're 2-2, two and two, but they've, they've done some nice things this year. You know, Derek Carr, you know, he kept that team uh, in that game, you know, 32 for 44 com completion-wise. That's um, pretty good, I'd say. You know, only 12 in completion, throwing the ball 44 times. Not bad at all. 311 yards and also two touchdowns and no picks. So both quarterbacks really um, – Really did good. And with Buffalo, I mean, this team is 4-0. and They've got um, a, a two-game lead on New England. And I know it's it's still way too early to talk about, you know, clinching or anything. But Buffalo is slowly but surely starting to separate themselves a little bit. So I'm really eager to see this team improve. Their receiving core, I think, is underrated. We know about Stephon Diggs. He had 115 yards last week. But you also have to look at guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley, more veteran guys. But even Gabriel Davis, yep. he had at UCF. He's been doing some nice things. He had a touchdown last week, as did Beasley. So you just look at Buffalo and you think, wow, this is really a, a complete offense right now. We used to know of know this team as such a defensive team and, you know, loves to win games. But the script has really flipped in Buffalo, and this offense is firing on all cylinders, and it's winning them games. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Raiders offense is not firing, but it's not like the Bills. It's just a little bit of a fire. I mean, it's going, but it's not rolling like the Bills are. We talked about that. But let's just um, give some praise to the wide receiver core um, of this Raiders team. That starts with their tight end, uh, who had 88 yards in this game. So another big game from Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro, 57 yards. They're spreading the ball out. There was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I believe, receivers that got the ball in this game. Jason Witten actually did something. Yeah, he got a yeah, touchdown, touchdown, didn't he? Yeah. He got a touchdown, two catches for 18 yards. It's still weird to see him in a non-Dallas uniform. Yeah, I'm it, surprised it really he, is. He went there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was too, but I mean, right now, I mean, he had a good game. Because so. he, he was with Dallas for his whole career. Then he went to the broadcast booth. He thought he was done. Then he came back with Dallas. You figured, okay, now you've only retired once, you weren't really that good, and now you're changing the teams that you were just on for a very, very long time, who really like you, one of the better players to ever play on the Cowboys, you know, big names for them, Uh, that was a big statement I just made, but he was was a very notable player who played on the Cowboys, and now he's on a different team, that's just weird to see, it's kind of like Tom Brady, except it's Jason Witten, not as important. Tried to pull a Brett Favre. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it, I mean, the road does not get much easier for Jason Witten's Raiders in the future. Uh, they play the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, the Browns, the Chargers, the Broncos, and then the Chiefs again. So their schedule is difficult in the next couple weeks. Um, but they have the talent, and clearly Buffalo has the talent. They're one of the top teams in the league right now, definitely top teams in the UFC. Let's move on to our next game. we got two more to talk about, but the next one we want to talk about is the Sunday night football game because we saw an upset. The Eagles at the 49ers, the Eagles needed to win. And they did. Jordan, I'm going to start with you because you, unlike most people, picked the Eagles to win this game, and you were right. Yeah, and if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I forgot I picked them. <laughs> uh, before I get to the game, I was like, yeah, the 49ers are probably going to win this game. Then, maybe in the third or fourth quarter of the game, um, I don't know what Tyler's saying. Or he's whispering something at us. But anyways, um, in the third or fourth quarter of the game, I went on my phone just to look at my picks for the whole week. And I realized, oh, I just I picked the Eagles to win this game, and they were winning at that point, and it ended up uh, working out for me. So that was that was good to see uh, the Eagles play better. Um, so that, yeah, Carson Wentz had himself uh, not the greatest game still, but he did enough for his team to win. 193 yards, 193 yards, a touchdown, and a pick as well. Uh, and then really, they didn't look too good all off on the offense as well, just all around. Miles Sanders only had 46 yards. Uh, Carson Wentz did rush seven times for 37 yards and a touchdown. That was his bright spot in the game, was using his legs. He's always been good at navigating the pocket. So even though the Eagles got this win, it still was not that convincing against a San Francisco 49ers team who, yes, they're they're talented, but they're banged up. Uh, We've known that. And going to this game, we knew that. They had two quarterbacks in the game. Nick Mullins was playing just this awful um, threw a really bad pick, and that could have been a huge reason why they lost that game. I think the 49ers lost that game. Uh, the Eagles did not win that game. C.J. Beathard came in, had 138 yards, uh, no touchdowns or anything, but played a little bit better, tried to lead them to a victory, just did not work out there, put in too big of a hole. So the Eagles got their first win of the season and now are winning this division. That's crazy. <laughs> you made a uh, you made a good point talking about the 49ers and their injuries, how they kind of lost the game, and you were right about that. I made the joke last week that they're the 39ers because they've lost like a quarter of their team or something like that. But a player they got back this week was George Kittle, and boy, did he impress. Uh, Jordan just did the Kittle first down signal. Uh, he had 183 yards to the air and a touchdown on 50 
15 like season. 90 something yards to the first quarter. Oh, sorry about that. That's my computer. Come on, man. Nick Mullins really did lean on him, though, and that was obvious. Yeah. And if you have a player like that, I don't blame you, honestly. You know, Brian Diamond, your backup quarterback, why not lean on that guy? I feel like George Kittle does better under backup quarterbacks. When he has Maybe. Jimmy Garoppolo back, he's going to have him probably uh, this week back. I don't know how much success he's going to have because I remember I had George Kittle uh, in fantasy football two years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt for the whole season. They had the backups going in. Uh, Beathard and Mullins both stepped in. And I feel like he was doing better then than he was to start the season. Now, granted, granted we haven't seen that much to start the season with Garoppolo. But still, I think that uh, maybe Garoppolo is trying to get the ball to other players, which is fine. But if you have a player like that, you do have to try to get him, force him the ball. Uh, and if you can't get him force the ball, that means that they're probably double covering him, which means other people are open. That's true. But also, if just want to flip the script to the Eagles side of things. Yeah. Um, like you said, it was an okay game from Carson Wentz. Not the best thing from the NDSU product. Like you said, 193 yards, one touchdown, one pick. But um, what I'm looking at is – um, the running game. Your best, uh, your leading rusher was Miles Sanders, 13 carries for 46 yards, and that's not good. No, because yeah. considering that's, the, that's in large part to the offensive line as well. They have yeah. not. They're injured too. Like one of the first plays of the game, I think someone got injured. Yeah, that's Wayne true. Johnson, Johnson, yeah, and they had to put and then, uh, who, who came in after that? Well, Jordan Malata started, right? Yeah, Jordan Malata started. Doesn't have Vitae go in there? I don't know, but they are banged up against. You might be right. They are banged up on that Who's offensive line. Who's the lineman who dropped last year? I don't know. Andre Dillon. Andre Dillon yeah, has played, though. He, he came in, I think. Right? He, I don't know. Actually, no, I don't think he was yeah. in. I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, but uh, regardless. I'm thinking of the Jets game. Tomorrow. they got to play Pittsburgh <laughs> next week, too. So, oh, gosh. So, yeah. Banged up offensive line against that defense. Ugh. Yeah, so. Watch out, Wentz. Then you got Carson Wentz with seven carries for 37 yards, and your quarterback should not be scrambling out of the pocket that many times. Well, if you're, and if you're the Eagles, Carson Wentz is not known for that. It was not exactly as Ryan said. It's not part of the game plan, but it's what he had to do. Uh, we've seen a lot of this crazy stuff from Carson Wentz with him scrambling. Uh, there's many times where you think the dude's sacking him. He somehow emerges like Houdini, uh, so he's always kind of been able to do that, but you can't rely on it. Carson Wentz is not the fastest guy in the league. Sure, he's got some legs. He can still go. Uh, he's, he's still young, of course, so uh, nothing to worry about that. But you want him to throw the ball. You drafted this guy to throw the ball. Exactly. Uh, and right now, well, first of all, he doesn't have many people to throw to. Yeah, so they promoted, like, him. what, three but, guys from the practice squad to catch the yeah. ball? <laughs> let's just look at some receivers uh, in this I game. I could read him off. Travis. Oh, Travis Fulgham, uh, if I even said that right. Fulgham. See, I've never heard of this guy before this game. We had was leading the team with 57 yards and a touchdown. Then Greg Ward, Richard Rodgers, John Hightower, uh, all those guys who you probably had never heard of. Maybe you've heard of uh, Greg Ward. They all got some receptions in this game. They they tried to get receivers. Marquise Goodwin opted out, and then Jalen Rager got hurt. I don't know what the heck happened with Alshon Jeffrey. He's hurt, too. He's hurt, too. He hasn't been the same in for a while, though. That's true, but he's a big presence, too, at least in the red zone, because he's someone to try to get the ball to. He's tall. He's like, what, 6'4", 6'5"? Yeah, he's a big guy. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, Carson Wentz is struggling, and that's bit, that's huge on him. Like it's on him a lot, but you do have to also realize that he's got no one to throw to. This Eagles team just not looking good right now, just like every other team in the NFC least. Oh, I mean East. Hey, <laughs> he did have someone to throw you to throw to, and that was Richard freaking Rogers. Three catches <laughs> for thirty-five yards. Still got it. Still got it. Man. <laughs> I thought he was out of the NFL like three years ago, but hey, he's still on the roster. He's still there. Uh, one last thing I want to say before we move on to the next one. Eagles fans, calm down. I know your team's not oh, playing man. well, but you're somehow still winning your division. Don't say <laughs> you should trade away Carson Wentz because 
He's not in a good situation right now. And he's doing what he can. I don't think he's going to be that bad. I think he's going to get progressively better. So, Eagles fans, stay optimistic. You got your first win. I think you'll get some more and possibly win this terrible division. At least your defense is kind of actually doing something. You have Roddy McLeod with a pick, and you did also have Alex Singleton with the pick. That's yeah, right. so Alex Singleton that's, had the pick six. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a credit to Nick Mullins, who had that pass. <laughs> yeah, Nick so. Mullins was terrible in this game. There's no other way to He say. did have some okay drives in the beginning. It's the same thing with him. Like, he doesn't have, like, the greatest receiving core, and he's, no. he, like, didn't have that much time to prepare for this game. Uh, but still, he did it last year. He played last year. He's been on the NFL stage before. He just n- did not play good. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of worse than some people are, or better than yeah. some people. Because that, that second interception, we was watching that, and the announcer said it. It was bad. Yeah. It looked bad. Like, he threw it directly to that guy. But you do have to understand, if you're an NFL quarterback, sure, that you, you're used to this. This is your job. You should be making throws like that. Or you should actually, I'll take that back. You should not be making throws like that. You should be looking other places. Uh, but you do have to realize these guys are constantly under pressure. They have to make decisions fast. And sometimes you just don't see a guy. And then when that ball left his hands, I'm sure immediately he was like, oh, God, that's picked. He's going to the house. But by that time the ball left his hand, he made a mistake. It was a bad throw, uh, but it, it happens sometimes. So, yes, it looked bad, but you do have to give them credit. But yet, this is what they're paid to do. This is their career. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to say that about Nick Mullins. All right. Well, he, he still might get another chance. He seems to pop um, – Pop in every once in a while. But let's move on to the last game we're going to talk about today before we get to some of the storylines. That's the Monday night game. Brandon, I'm going to hand this one to you. One of the two Monday night games that we're going to be talking about, although the Patriots-Chiefs game was pretty good until that fourth quarter when the Chiefs took it away. But we're talking about the Falcons at Packers game just because the Packers dominated and they're looking like one of the best teams in the NFC. So with open arms, I hand this to you, Brandon. I said this last week and I'm going to say it again this week. Aaron Rodgers is looking like his 2011 and 2014 MVP form, and I think it's up for debate that he might be the best quarterback in the league as of now. Because you can make the He's argument... He's up there with like, Russell Russ right Wilson. now, and him and Russ are probably battling it out. Yeah, I Russell... Really, like, Pat and Lamar, they're not playing bad, but these two are really just having stand-up. Teams. Exactly, but I'd, I'd say that Aaron Rodgers... Patrick, sorry. Aaron, <laughs> Pat, uh, Patrick's mom. Yeah, she was not happy about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has been balling out these last couple of weeks. Just this game he had, it was 27 for 33 on passes, 347 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Hasn't thrown a pick, hasn't thrown a pick this season at all. Um, spread the ball around. We were down uh, Devontae Adams. We were also down uh, Alan Lazard. And uh, Josiah DeGuerra, our third-round pick, also got injured in that game. Um, and then, so... Basically, the whole game was like three running back sets with Tyler. And Tanya. And Tanya. So you had Tyler Irvin, Aaron Jones. Big Bobby Tanya. Yep. Uh, yeah, Robert Tanya. No, it's Robert Tanya. Big Bob Tanya. Did you just make that up? No, Aaron Rodgers said that. Oh, yeah, Robert Tanya with six receptions for 98 yards with three touchdowns during the game. And it looks like Aaron Rodgers, even with Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, can really win games with this offense. Even the, as depleted as it is, he can find a way. Granted, it was against the Eagles, but or not the Eagles, the Falcons. The Falcons. Worse. The worse. I know you're thinking birds, but this is a bad <laughs> Yeah. 0-4 birds. Yeah. But, yeah. Not 1-2-1 birds. Yeah, he, uh, he got the running backs involved in this game, and uh, it was a pretty good game for the offense overall. But for defense, Zadarius Smith and 
uh, every, pretty much the whole defense doing their thing, bending but not breaking. And they fight a lot better than they did in the first three weeks. Exactly. And Darnell Savage did leave the game for a little bit, so Raven Green did have to come in. But hey, it's okay. Kingsley Kiki stepping up in absence of Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark still being injured, but uh, yeah, Chandon Sullivan. I don't think he played a lot tonight or a lot last night, but. Yeah, pretty much the whole defense did their job. Aaron Rodgers balled out, so, yeah, it was a pretty mm-hmm. good game overall. And you, you mentioned a lot of names that he threw the ball to. And, like, you know, you guys probably know and you'll hear it. Tyler and Brandon are big Aaron Rodgers guy and guys, and honestly, I'm liking him too. He's having a great season. But I just feel the need, the absolute need to mention that and, and emphasize that Devontae Adams and Al Lazard, who Al Lazard had a huge week last week. He got hurt. Devontae Adams, one of the better receivers in the league, they're both out for this game, okay? These are people you've never heard of who's, who's throwing touchdown passes to. Unless you're a Packers fan, you probably didn't know who Tanyan was. It says 90, it's at 98 yards, three touchdowns in this game. They're just playing so great. Aaron Rodgers is playing so great. He's been doing it for such a long time, throwing to these guys who you've never even heard of before. It reminds you a bit of Tom Brady and sometimes when he was with New England, just throwing the guys who you've never heard of beside uh, Julian Edelman. He's just such a great quarterback. There's so many throws where he makes, where he's just flicking his wrist. The, dude, the, the ball's going 50 yards downfield. It's insane to watch. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, he needs his credit. Uh, Tyler and Brandon, and I'm sure Ryan oh, yeah. are all going to vouch for that as well. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers is slowly becoming one of my favorite players in the NFL, and that's painful for me to say as a Bears fan, but it's the truth. I mean, the guy on and off the field continues to impress. Obviously, we see what's on field, but on Tuesday on the Pat McAfee Show, I got a good quote for you. We all know, I'm sure this this went around um, huge on social media, but the exact quote was from Aaron Rodgers talking to Pat McAfee and A.J. Hockey said, I got it. I sometimes laugh when people talk about down years for me because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. And that got a huge laugh from Pat and the boys um, and and Pat McAfee show. But it's true. I mean, it really is. You look at his down years. I I mean, there are... We've seen some down years, but for <laughs> most other quarterbacks, that's like, oh, that guy did pretty good this year. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that gets constant criticism in terms of the media, and I feel like it's a little bit unfair because he's been so good but really hasn't gotten the credit for it. Jordan, you mentioned Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams being out, and Brandon, you mentioned that he's seeming like he could be the uh, MVP, top MVP candidate and in terms of what he has around him. He seems like he is the most valuable player. Unfortunately, I feel like the MVP just goes to the best player, though. Who has the best stats and performances? Yeah. Um, but in oh, terms he's had, he's had of value, stats and performances too. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about that later on. We have a whole segment about yeah. that. But it's look good. Let's talk about well, the dumpster on, fire. We'll, we'll oh. talk about the dumpster in just a second. Here. <laughs> um, but I want to get to someone who I think is definitely not a dumpster. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We all love Aaron Rodgers. But somebody else on this team who I really love, Brandon, as a Packers fan, I'm sure you really love, is the other Aaron on this team. Aaron oh Aaron yes. Jones. 15 carries this game for 71 yards. And I don't even have his passing stats up. I'll pull those up uh, right now. But he did some stuff. Five receptions 40 for 40 yards, yards. Yeah. and a touchdown. And a touchdown. Thank you. The uh, first touchdown of the game, might I add. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. true. Right. Aaron Jones, I had him on my fantasy team last year. I fell in love with the guy even as a Bears fan just because he was so good. He's such a great runner, has great vision. He's got great speed. He's got great hands. He is one of – he is – I'm going to say it. He's the single most underrated running back in the yeah. NFL. He is. He's Maybe. He's been doing so great. You hear all these guys. You hear you know, a lot of these guys are injured, but Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Zeke Elliott, these are the big name running backs that you hear. I Dalvin want to throw Cook, in Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb and um, 
Joe Mixon into the underrated guys. Well, yeah, also. I think Nick Chubb's climbing his way up there, and Joe Mixon finally had his first good game this week. Uh, but Aaron Jones, he's been doing so well. You see these stats, two touchdowns so many weeks, uh, many through the air, many through the ground. The dude is insane. He's not getting any credit. Uh, I just need to give Aaron Jones some credit. He's been doing phenomenal, single most underrated running back in the NFL, period. Dumpster fire time, and we're we're not going to talk about this too much right now because I'm sure we're going to get into it later oh, as we get on to well, our topics. I'm going to talk about something here. So. Uh, and, no, and, and we can. Don't mention Dan Quinn yet because we have a whole segment about uh, that. I'm not going to mention him. Okay, we will later, though. Um, so, Falcons fans, stick around to if you hear us trash that. your coach. Yeah, if you exist at this point. Um, but Matt Ryan looked bad yesterday, and you could say that's credit to the Packers' defense, but it really wasn't. Because his arm just wasn't wasn't there. It was one throw we were just dirted at. Yeah, he had a couple overthrows. There was a couple bad throws, a couple behind, a couple short. Was not Matt Ryan's night. I need him in fantasy. Calvin Ridley didn't catch a single pass the entire game. I needed him in fantasy too. Both of them didn't come through for me. Um, the bright side was they got the ball to one of their receivers, Zacchaeus, a lot. And Hurst was more involved. But in terms of the offense... There's so many good names, there's no production. And in terms of the defense, I really don't feel like it's even worth mentioning. That's how bad it was. There's a couple of screenshots from that game where there's just Packers receivers with no ways. one in a 10-yard radius of these guys. Fourth and short and three receivers were wide open. They showed it on the broadcast. They circled all three receivers wide open. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's where Robert Tanya got one of his touchdowns. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he also caught one rolling and getting back up. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But Dan Quinn's a defensive coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best defensive minds. They're banged up on the defensive side of the ball, but still, you're a defensive coach. You've been doing. You've been head coach for a while, and we'll get to this soon. But you got to play better than that. The whole team's got to play better. Yeah, and they did. Their starting safety, Demonte Casey, did also get injured too. Yeah, so now. Yeah, they have. Even in the last couple of years, but um, I think that's all we need to hit on in terms of that game. Unless anyone has any last things well, to add. Well, I'm going to hit on something, and this is just going to get a personal level here. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> oh, he's talking about Todd Gurley. Yeah, yeah I'm going to talk about Todd Gurley here, okay? Uh, I'm gonna talk, we're going to talk about fantasy football later, and I'll probably get back into probably. it. Probably. But I need to let out my absolute rage at what happened last <laughs> night. Okay? On Monday. So I go into the second Monday night football game, down by 14. I had Clyde Delaire and Travis Kelsey, two players that I love. They both did good, just didn't score a touchdown, and when you're playing in a – a standard league, you were kind of banking on those touchdowns or getting over 100 yards. So they didn't do it. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm down by 14, okay? Ty yeah, Green, weren't you up by 14? That's what I meant. I said down. Yeah, yeah I'm up by 14. I'm, I'm still flustered about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm up by 14, and uh, all that's left is Todd Gurley. And I, I'm thinking, okay, this dude just he can't score a touchdown, get over 100 yards, or can't score two touchdowns. Hmm. So <laughs> Brandon's laughing over there at me. So I'm watching the game. He scores the first touchdown. I'm like, oh, gosh. Okay, I should be fine still. Uh, so I'm just sitting there minding my own business, watching this game, watching the Packers just beat down on these birds. And then uh, the Falcons have the ball, have a lot, long drive down the field. Edo Smith, Brian Hill, that scared me for a second. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was a spider. We had a loose bracelet <laughs> around the room because uh, you guys can't see it. Just figured I'd uh, <laughs> yeah. announce that. Thank you. Uh, so there, there the Falcons are, driving down the field. Edo Smith. And Brian Hill in the game the whole time. Get him all the way down to the five. They even show Todd Gurley sitting on the sideline with a jacket, just chilling there. So they get to the five-yard line. Like, okay, if you put in Todd Gurley now, I am going to go ballistic. Well, Todd Gurley enters the game. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And Todd was like, no, you're fine. He'll just pass it to Calvin Ridley for a touchdown. 
Well, they hand the ball off to Todd Gurley. He cuts hey. it outside. It's in slow motion in my head, just watching the dude. And then Matt Ryan, Ryan blocks Why are you blocking for him, man? Come on. Why are you blocking That was for actually him? a good block. It was a good block, but please just stop. Todd Gurley getting to the edge, scoring that touchdown. It, it very much hurt me. Um, and after that, I this is not something I usually do. I stopped watching the game. I was oh, done. I could not continue to watch the game. And then I wanted to go watch some TV to ease my mind. I'm, and he I'm probably talking about right now. I couldn't even concentrate on watching TV because I was so frustrated. I should have gone for a walk. You're right. I thought about it. Um, but it was just so frustrating. And something else I wanted to mention, this is not the only time that Todd Gurley has got me in fantasy football. Tyler has a clip of it. Uh, this was a while oh, yeah, ago. Yeah. It was on a it. Thursday night football game uh, it, when he was still on the Rams. I was playing against Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. And there's a clip of... Uh, Jared Goff rolling to the right and oh, throwing the ball to yeah, yeah. Todd Gurley for a touchdown. After that game, he had two players. Uh, he, already, uh, he already had 40 points. Todd Gurley has just not been nice to me in fantasy football. Is Tyler's going to so lovely pull up this video to embarrass me on this? But I'm okay with him, with him showing it because I still get to laugh at it. Brandon, it's going to be your first time watching this. You get to see my absolute rage. Oh, I haven't seen this in a while, but I'm excited to watch yeah. it. I can't. I'm a very, it so long ago. I'm a, sometimes going to be a very rageful guy with football, just like. Uh, my fantasy team was doing good. I'm sorry I'm going very personal. We're just waiting, so I'm just going to go off right now. Um, <laughs> not even going off right now, but my fantasy team was doing all right at this point. But I was Got watching it. the Cowboys game. Michael Gallup was doing nothing, and I was very frustrated. I kept yelling at the, the TV, even though Russell Wilson was scoring <laughs> touchdowns. I think Matthew Stafford scored. DJ Chark scored all at the same time. And I was just so mad at Michael Gallup. It was awful. Uh, so yeah, I stalled for time. Tyler, you got the clip ready. Let's hear this from about two or three years ago. Uh, play the clip, bud. Well, unfortunately, it's loading right now, so oh, I can't well, get it yeah. to go. It's being a little bit annoying. Technology is... Oh, here it is. <laughs> you hear that, but you also need to... You can't, you can't see the video. You can't see it. I don't even know. But the reaction to it is just, is just even better. So uh, we'll talk about fantasy football in a, in a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, possibly, depending on how much time we have. But that was in September of 2017. Wow. September of 2017. That was freshman year. That's yeah. <laughs> All right. That is the, probably move on the passion that football brings to me. Uh, when, you know when you're screaming at the TV, whether it's in joy or in, uh, being upset, it's always a good thing. Unless, of course, you're complaining about how much uh, your players stink every single time, like my dad does. At me when I threw an Xbox controller at my headboard because I was oh, pissed goodness. off. You know, everyone, everyone has some rage. By the way, Jordan. I've no. been known to rage great in that. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Jordan, those uh, Todd Gurley touchdowns hurt me because I had Kelvin and Matt Ryan okay, on that you, team, they, and I didn't win either. So yeah, you didn't win either. And I didn't win about I, I for ten minutes. I was up by fourteen, it. and you knew you were going to be down. Uh, you probably knew you weren't going to win. Dude, just he didn't need to score two touchdowns. Why was he put on the field? He was off for the whole. I'm because sorry, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry if you guys got bored of Jordan ranting. Uh, we're about to have another rant here, and this time it's going to be Ryan because we're going into. Let's this... keep this one short. Because <laughs> we're going into storyline. And the reason why this guy is gone. We haven't even mentioned obvious. It. Yeah. Well, they know who we're talking we're about. We're talking about Bill O'Brien getting fired right now, um, and Ryan's about to rant about it. I mean, Ryan, we were with him when it happened. He was super happy that it happened, as were most you Texans tell him fans. How it happened? Yeah. And um, yeah, Ryan, take it away. I will. Big story of the week: Bill O'Brien, no longer the head coach, GM, or all the other things that he was yeah, for the Texans Emperor. somehow. Romeo Cornell is now <laughs> the yeah. yeah, interim head coach. I just like to say I called that because Ryan or Tyler asked when we were sitting in together, "Who do you think is going to be the new head coach?" And as a joke, I said Romeo Cornell, and Ryan's like, "No, he's not really on the team anymore. He's just helping out with stuff." 
Well, then Ian Rappaport confirms later yeah. that it was going to be Romeo. So I was right. Yeah, he, he's 73 years old, and he's been around the league. He a lot of that's teams, a lot of positions. Uh, so, yeah, that did come as a surprise to me. But before I really get into it, we all, I'm not going to rant too much. Before we really get into the details, I'm going to tell you. the story of when I, yeah. when I found out. So we were actually sitting at the touchdown table getting ready to make a video. The video and, is coming out today. Yeah, and my dad, um, my dad called me. Go watch me. it. It's already out. Yeah. Thinking, YouTube. Go check it out. Picks for this week. Yeah, and my dad calls me, and I'm thinking, I'm oh, it's gonna be like, where are you? Or you know, come home for dinner soon. So then I answer, and he screams like, O'Brien just got fired. You heard it through the call, yeah, so we're both like, yeah. what? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, Schefter just reported it, and I'm like looking it up, and at first we don't find it, but then we find it, and then it's it doesn't even feel real because it's something that's been joked about, it's something that's been said and wished. <laughs> I have so never many seen times. a fan base so excited for their coach to get yeah, fired. Yeah, it's not even just a fan base. Yeah, the, whole, the whole NFL I was excited. Universally I was sitting happy. there like happy with him. I had a huge smile on my face just because you have to feel for the Texans. He has not been doing very great. He needed to be gone. Yeah, so that's the little story about where I was. And you, you were right next to me at the time. Yeah. So where we were getting ready to make a touchdown video, table video. Um, so certainly a... You know, a crazy moment. I thought if they were going to fire him, it would have been like right after the game or early Monday morning. But the news didn't break till Monday afternoon. So there's a little, you know, background about when I found out. I will never. They want to just make day. him feel like he was going to be safe, just to break his heart even more. Like wow. They, like he did to all Texans fans yeah. so far with this own four start. Yikes! So, yeah, I, I didn't he say in his press conference that he thought yeah. he was safe and then he got fired the next day? Yeah, I don't know. Freezing free well. cold takes. Did you get that one? I, I really think he might have said something like that. There was some article. But yeah, so October 5th, 2028, glorious day in <laughs> Texas history. But uh, for real, um, you, you really felt like this was necessary because there's two things you have to look at. You have to look at the coaching and you have to look at um, the GM. That's the main part. Yeah, because honestly, I think and what a lot of people and analysts are saying is that GM O'Brien played a huge role in getting Coach O'Brien fired. So oh, yeah. I think that with some of the questionable moves he made and the guys he hasn't brought back in free agency, there's questionable trades he's made, not getting a first-round pick in the Hopkins trade or the Clowney trade. One of the players he got from the Clowney trade isn't even on the team anymore. So just things like that where you Who? really – Mingo, he's on your team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, really, really questionable moves that Bill O'Brien has made and that really no one's really – agreed with and you just felt like okay we can't have this you know Deshaun Watson is a great young player we really feel that we can win now you know we've been um to the playoffs winning the AFC South but the question always is can you take us further and this year it's really looked like the team has taken a step back and it, it's not going well and I think that he was on a fairly short leash so it does not really come thinking about it it doesn't come out as a surprise because it makes sense but at the moment of course you know it just it doesn't even feel real because it's like, like I said, it's something that's been joked about so much. It's something that, um, you know, has been, you know, rumored to happen for years, but then it didn't. He did just good enough. But looking ahead for this team, I hope that Romeo Cannell and whoever our permanent head coach is just lets Deshaun Watson do his thing. You know, don't just run with David Johnson with he when he's getting two yards every carry. So I'm really looking um, to see if the new Texans coach, Romeo Cannell, for these next 12 games at least. Let Deshaun Watson do his thing. Kind of like a let Russ cook, for, but for Deshaun Watson, I'm going to keep saying that. So, yeah, um, the Bill O'Brien era is over, and I really think it was time. And as a Texans fan, I'm happy and I'm excited for the future. Long and, hey, overdue. You know, let's go. Long overdue. And, hey, let's go. Season's not over. 12-4. and four. Here we go. 0-4 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is never good. It's never a good look. But you do have to remember the Texans have had a tough schedule. Now, if we're going to be honest, they should have beat the Vikings probably. Yeah. And even if they didn't beat the Vikings, they should have played better against the Vikings. Now, they started the season off against the Chiefs, 
uh, against the Ravens and against the Steelers, three of the AFC powerhouses. Uh, but still, you never want your team to be on four. And uh, with the head coach in Bill O'Brien, who'd been on a hot seat for a while, it was it was time for him to be out of there. Of all the teams that were 0 and 4, it's weird that the Texans were the ones that fired yeah. their coach. Not the Jets, you know, not not the Falcons. We're gonna we're gonna touch on that later. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll oh yeah, we will um, for sure. But the last thing I want to say about this, Ryan, you you hit on just a little bit. I feel like Coach Bill O'Brien was not terrible. I mean, he led not some terrible. No. He led not like GM not good. <laughs> no, I mean it wasn't great, but he led some pretty okay teams to uh, division wins yeah, and playoff berths yeah. with Brian Hoyer. That's right. Um, he just figured the whole division was kind of rough. At, at, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. give him credit for the good things he did. Yeah, but GM Bill O'Brien was absolutely a disaster. And like you said, that's probably why he got fired from both of them. Uh, although I don't think he's – he just didn't seem like a player's coach to me. But that's the last thing I'm going to say. I've heard mixed things about that. Like I've heard, I've heard some people that have said, like, oh, yeah, he was I loving like Watson just does not like him. I, I don't know. I mean, we're not in I that mean, I don't have any insight on it, but yeah. just – from looking outside, and I'm not—I don't watch much Texans interviews or anything, but no one really does. No one really <laughs> does. That's true. Uh, but he just—it does not seem like a good connection. I feel like their new head coach is turning out to be an offensive-minded guy, in my opinion. Uh, let Deshaun cook. Yes. As Ryan said, uh, the cooking is really going off this year in terms of sayings. But <laughs> yeah, we've used it for like ten different guys at yeah, this yeah. point yeah. on the R and R YouTube channel. His last name. Let Dalvin cook. Yeah. Let's be honest. Everything that. Almost everything that Bill O'Brien's done deserves to be on an episode of Come On, Man. But you know what? <laughs> next thing. All right, yeah, let's oh, move on to the next thing. We might have it. I don't know. Me and Jordan. Jordan and I, I should say. Proper grammar. I apologize for that. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, yeah. everyone, um, actually, let, let's just get into this right now because we're already on it. We'll go back to Foles in a second. But let's talk about the possible coach firings because we just saw Bill yeah. O'Brien get fired. Let's throw out some other names. I mean, there's pretty Adam obvious Gase. ones. Adam Gase and Dan Quinn, yeah. I feel like, are at the top of that list. Where you think these guys need to go? Let's start with talking about the Jets. They're absolute disaster. I don't do understand we, why Adam Gase I is still there. We're to talk They're about nice. it, but why are we talking about it? First of all, I think I said this last week. I don't know why Adam Gase was even hired. He was with a <laughs> Dolphins team who struggled offensively, and then the Jets are like, "Hey, let's bring this guy who did not do good with the Dolphins. Why don't we bring him in?" And then in his interview, he looked like he was literally on drugs. Uh, I think I said that last week, too. It's true. He did. uh, With the Bears, he had some good stuff. That's why he was hired as a head coach with Miami. But then with Miami, he just did not look good. Then the Jets decided to hire him. I don't know why it happened in the first place. They're hoping for him to be able to coach up Sam Darnold. That has not worked out very well. He just does not seem like a a player's coach. Uh, They're certainly not winning games. And I don't think he should have ever been hired in the first place. All the odds are stacked against him. He should be out of there. I, I frankly don't understand why he's still there, but yeah. you will. Jordan, who hurt you? Who <laughs> hurt me? He's that, that sounded like a whole lot of pent-up rage there, bud. Well, you feel okay? for Sam Darnold. You feel yeah. for this team. You know, Sam Darnold is not a bad player. but you you know, know, the I had a good connection with Adam Gase at one point. Like I talked about, he was the Bears' offensive coordinator. I liked him. Smoke and Jay not suck for a while. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, That's so, about all I did. <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. When he went to the Dolphins, I was happy for him, but I never thought he should have been hired. And then for the Jets, like Tyler said, you have to feel for Sam Darnold. I don't think he's going to be a. Fin- I don't know why you're pointing. I at think that. Ryan said that. I, don't know. I think he said it. Maybe I did. I'm pretty I have sure. Short term memory. Uh, but you have to feel for him because although he's probably not going to be the greatest quarterback in the world, he is still a good quarterback. A lot of people expected him to go number one overall in his draft class, and ended up being Baker Mayfield. 
Uh, but he's still a good quarterback. He's made some phenomenal throws. And sure, he's made some phenomenal uh, mistakes as well, meaning really bad mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but you, he just, well, first of all, he has no weapons like a lot of the people, the people we're talking about. But he's not in a good situation. He needs somebody else there to help him. And that person is not going to be Adam Gase. His butt cheeks need to be gone. <laughs> Perfect way to end the Adam Gase section of this. Um, Let's go to the Dan Quinn section. Of yeah, this. but oh. we will. Um, there's another 0-4 team that I I don't think we should talk about it. It's his first year no, as a head coach. Yet. No, not yet. Um, but the Giants are 0-4. It's not even worth mentioning, I don't yeah. think, in no. terms of firing. I think the players like Joe Judge. I th- yeah, I think, I think they, they like do. Joe Judge I think they're getting used to it. His so ways are unorthodox with taping tennis balls to his <laughs> corner's hands, but... <laughs> I mean, if it, I don't if think he's in wins. trouble right now. Absolutely, not. yeah, I don't think Way he's in trouble. Early. This is the team that is there right now is not Joe Judge's team. This is still Pat Shermer's team that he put together. And Pat Shermer's team sucks in every aspect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had Pat Shermer now, by the way. I, I saw him. Oh, he's with the Broncos. Yeah, he's is he the, the offensive right. coordinator? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's still kind of Pat Shermer's team. Joe Judge, he did not draft Daniel Jones. I'm sure he likes Daniel Jones. He's also more of a defensive-minded uh, coach from what we've seen. He, he's coached special teams with the Patriots and also helped out on defense as well. So this is not his team yet. He needs more time. And, of course, Saquon Barkley is injured. That is a big loss because at this point, uh, now their offense is disintegrating. Uh, Daniel Jones is due for a fumble basically every single week. Evan Ingram is not playing too great now, right now. And no you one are really just being mean to everyone today. Right now. Uh, it's just true. And if, you, if you, <laughs> want, you want to talk about being mean, we go back to last week. Uh, Brandon ripped out the Giants very bad. He had, he had a quote. I don't remember exactly what the quote was. No, I think I do. He said, this Giants team is just straight trash. Or something like that. I think it was along the lines of this Giants team just straight up sucks. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I used to be like, uh, I used to be like a moderate Giants fan. Like back when, like coming off the Super Bowl win. Like when, oh, bandwagon. When they, it wasn't even a bandwagon. It was just. Well, like, he was also young too. So I was yeah, also young, but I was still a Packers fan, and like seeing how e- cement shoes Eli Manning somehow got that team to the playoffs. Granted, they did have David Tyree, Michael Strahan, yeah, yeah um, Tiki and Barber, uh, or was Tiki on it? Yeah, Tiki Barber and Plexico Burris on that team. Like I think that that's a pretty good combo, but. I, as they, it was cool when they drafted Odell Beckham and that accounted for like a couple wins and they was just like, hey, like they don't suck now. And then when they come back, like in within the last three or four years, it's just like, hey, they now they now. really suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was optimism going into the season. Uh, people thought Daniel Jones was going to have a much better year. They were hoping Saquon Barkley would get back on track. Well, he got back on track of getting an injury. He's now out for the season, which is not good. Uh, they're a game and a half. Or they're, yeah, they're a game and a half out of first. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so sad. That's very sad. Yeah. Um, so it's just the odds are not on the Giants' yeah. side right now. They've had some tough injuries. This team is not put together for Joe Judge yet. He is not in the hot seat. Uh, Joe, don't worry, your seat is safe. Wait, if they win a game, are they tied for second? Uh, no, because Eagles have the half game. Yeah. They have no, a game but for second. Oh, yeah. for, for second. second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends yeah. what the other well, teams, the teams do. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they play Dallas depends this on... week, so. That's uh, true. Um, but one more team we've got to talk about is Dan Quinn um, with yeah. that. I feel like he is a player's coach. The only reason that he's still there is because the players like him. He's defensive-minded coach, and their defense is the worst in the league. doesn't make any sense to me how he's still there. I thought he could have been the first to go even before Adam Gase because he's been – on that radar for being fired for it seems like four years now, yeah. but somehow he stayed there ever since they went to the Super Bowl. It hasn't been the same with Dan Quinn. 
That's all I'm going to say about that. You have to mention it with the Falcons. It just has not been the same. There's so much talent, to too. Uh, yeah. You know, it was looking good, looking like they're going to win a Super Bowl, 28-3. to Y'all know what happened after that, and then it just kind of declined throughout seasons uh, even more. Um, before going into this podcast, I think last week I said, uh, I hope Dan Quinn can keep his job. Uh, he's more of a defensive-minded coach, and that defense is not playing too great. Uh, but th- that team is 0-4 at this point. I would not be surprised if at some point he is fired, although I, I, I think he would be gone by this point. Already. I thought he was going to be gone he should be after safe. last night, uh, Monday night. Yeah, so so he should be safe for at least this week, but if they take another loss, uh, I don't remember who they're playing. Panthers. Panthers, thank you. Uh, he could be out of there, and um, if I'm going to be completely honest, I know Dan Quinn's not calling the plays, but for what you did to me, Dan, is he calling plays? I think he's calling the plays. Is he calling the plays? Well, if he's calling the plays, then this is even more of a big <laughs> statement, okay? Dan, or someone on that team, needs to pay for what just happened to me, okay? Todd Gurley <laughs> coming in at the five-yard line not does not kid. need to happen. Somebody needs to pay. If that's Dan Quinn, then I'll uh, be smirking as he's gone, although I do still like him. But somebody needs to pay yeah. for the loss. Alright, let's move on. Sorry. I said I said we're gonna talk about Vengeance Foles next. But this topic even ties into our next one, so I promise we will get to Foles Bears fans. This Stick around. Um yeah, so this little tease for you guys to keep watching the podcast. Oh. Um <laughs> But let's talk about the tanking for Trevor now. Um oh, yeah. I feel like we may as well bring that up just for a little bit, talk about those worst teams and talk about the Jets, the Falcons even. The Giants could be in that race, even though they have Daniel Jones and Samuel yeah. Darnold, but the Jets uh, it's a little bit difficult, and then Ryan uh, Deshaun Watson's gonna be safe there. He oh, just yeah. got paid, so even though we, we don't have point. a first round pick. Oh yeah, that's right. That's going yeah, to the I, Dolphins. I have the draft order as of right now pulled up, so I'll just read off the All top right, yeah. four teams: the the Giants, the Falcons, the Jets, and then the Dolphins with that pick via the Texans. So none of none of those teams really like they don't need they a don't quarterback. scream quarterback like the Giants. I don't think they. You can make an Daniel argument Jones. for the Giants, the Jets. Uh, and even the Falcons to get a quarterback, oh, but it's not really. necessary. Yeah. Uh, we we talked. I think Daniel Jones deserves another shot uh, for at least one more year. Now, if you want to draft a guy just to make him uh, be on his toes, that's that's one thing. But if you're also drafting a guy at number one overall just to make someone feel pressure, I think that's a bad decision. You can make the decision with the Falcons as Matt Ryan's getting older. Maybe yeah. have someone sit there on the sideline and learn under Matt Ryan. And with the Jets, kind of the same thing with Daniel Jones coming out of the same draft class. Uh, I think he deserves another chance, and I don't think he needs that pressure right now. I think they still have a shot. So this draft class this year, unlike last year, it seems like quarterbacks not, might not be going off as fast. Yeah. Uh, who knows? As Depends the on the order, closer, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of the order, but I think they how they are right now. Um, Trade yeah. deadline's week nine, yeah. so things can still happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Uh, but if things stay like they are right now, it doesn't seem like quarterbacks will be going off the board uh, very fast this yeah, year. Yeah, but just uh, – I don't know, with the quarterback, with with the top three quarterbacks that are all consensus, like first round picks, oh, yeah. that the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, where can you make a case with Justin Fields maybe possibly being the same caliber of Trevor Lawrence? No. He's up there, but he's not on the same level. Obviously. He's good, but Trevor Lawrence is yeah. a team changer. Unfortunately, if the team like the Jets. Um, gets him. I don't even know if Trevor Lawrence would even um, well, I, be able I, I to turn quote, that. Maybe just stay in Clemson. And I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't remember who said this quote. Maybe but I thought Dabo it was a very, very good point. It, it said something along the lines of Trevor Lawrence has Kyle to think Brandt. long and hard 
about uh, if the Jets had the first pick. Oh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has to think long and hard about staying at Clemson another season because who wants to go to the Jets at this point? Trevor Lawrence is he one could of just the better tell talents the Jets not that we have seen in a long time. Well, let's see who he the Jets coach is by then. What? Oh, true, yeah. absolutely. But they are just not playing good. They're looking like an 0-16 Browns team. No one wants to play in this bad of a team. No matter how, lo- how hard you've worked to get into the NFL, you're willing to stay at college for one more year if you can get a better situation because when you get to the NFL, you want to win. And, hey, you're on a good team in Clemson. I'm sure it's fun to win in college, too. And you can even graduate uh, with them as well. It's, it's a decision that he'll have to make if the Jets continue to stink like they are right now. Just watch this. Just give the Jets to Canada. Just give them to Canada. <laughs> get, <laughs> get them out. Get them out. Uh, but we'll yeah, just, team. just some teams, <laughs> just some uh, teams Trusten to mention team, that are in the um, in the race to tank for Trevor, as I put it, and they didn't like how I said it. But um, the the teams that are treading for Trevor right now, I would oh, say God. the Giants, the Falcons, the Jets, maybe the Lions, Jets. and maybe the Jaguars if Gardner Minshew yeah. isn't looking good. Those are the teams yeah. that stand out. I got one right more now. dark horse, kind of. All right, um, throw it out. I'm not saying I would necessarily endorse this, but. Let's look at the Washington football team and look at how Ron Rivera has made it That's clear. That's a good point. He said, like, 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 hey, Dwayne Haskins, you got to play better. And he's hinting at that. And with him, you know, being, you know, a new head coach on this team, I'm not necessarily, necessarily saying one. I would endorse this, but does Ron Rivera say, Dwayne Haskins is just not my guy. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Again, yeah. he's been very critical. He's not been afraid to say that, that Dwayne actually. Haskins on his short lease. So Washington, as of right now, they'd have the sixth overall pick. They're one and three, so... If this season it goes bad enough where they are in position to draft Trevor Lawrence and Ron Rivera really feels that that's the best direction for their team, he might do it. And Ryan, I'm going to back up your statement. Not only do I think uh, that that is not a reach like you said some people might think, honestly, that could be the most after the season, and we'll see what could be the most obvious. It could be the most obvious one. Uh, I didn't even think of that. He's on the hot seat, he has not been playing great. And as I've said already too many times in this podcast, these bad teams, they have no receiving core. Uh, But still, Ron Rivera's, this is Ron Rivera's team now. He's got control, and if he does not like Dwayne Haskins, like we've seen, he has the control uh, with the GM to get him out. I mean, two more possibilities could be um, the 49ers. Well, really? one of them, the 49ers. And I don't because... think we mentioned the Bears either, did we? No, we didn't mention oh, the Bears. Oh, the Bears. you got to start losing then. Yeah. Yeah, so... but I'm, I'm saying, like, for Trevor, though, you got to be like it. I'm just saying for, like, well, the, you can trade up. I mean, for, like, the top yeah, three guys, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, oh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I'm saying, like, the 49ers could definitely be one because you could see. I think so, too. C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins did not play well. And I, I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo that much. He's either. pretty injury prone. Kind of a game manager sometimes. Yeah. He, he, he has his moments. I feel like they could be, be a, a team that, that does something similar to what like what the Packers did with Jordan Love. Yeah. Although yeah. the Packers, what they did with Jordan Love would, would be a lot more stupid than the yeah. 49ers picked to like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. Number two would probably be the Bears because Mitchell Trubisky's been really inconsistent and we don't know how Nick Foles is going to pan out. Mm-hmm. And a third one which is unlikely, but it's possible because you saw how Jarrett Stidham played and he did not play well in Cam Newton's absence. That would be the Patriots. Because yeah. Cam Newton wouldn't be a bad guy to they'll learn probably roll. They'll no. probably roll with Cam. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But if they had, they if they had like a top 20 pick yeah. and if Justin Fields or Trey Lance, which is most likely the most viable option, lands in their lap, yeah. I think that they would probably take it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's end um, that part there. Now let's get to Fools because um, we were talking about Trubisky. And that type of thing. So we'll talk about this just for a little bit. Um, here we got a couple more topics to quickly talk about. Hopefully it'll be quick, like I said. But Foles' first game against the Colts, it was a rough one. Jordan's saying, oh, no, I'm not sure if it's because he has to talk about that game and how bad it was, the 11 points the Bears put up, or for another reason. But it was bad. wasn't completely on Foles, but the offense just wasn't good. 
the, yeah, the offense was not good. Was not good. The defense played fine. Not great. They played fine. They played good enough to keep us in the game. But everyone's savior in Chicago, Nick Foles, uh, came out with his first start for the Bears, and he flopped. Now, I, I talk about it. I really want this guy to be good. I want one of our quarterbacks to do something good. Uh, but Nick Foles walked <laughs> that's, out. That's been a Bears statement for a while. Right now. I want I want him to do good as much as as I wanted to see Trubisky out there again. Uh, I wanted him to to have some success, and he did not. If you look at the stats, his yardage at the end of the game, sure it looked good. He had zero touchdowns, uh, but that's just because at the end of the game they were basically just giving him yards. It was easy stuff. That touched actually did have a touchdown pass. Excuse me, uh, the touchdown pass to Allen Robinson was basically just a gimme. Although great catch, Allen. Good job. Uh, but it just did not look good uh, going into this week. Everyone talked about how bad Mr. Trubisky was, and sure, he's he's pretty trash. But <laughs> does not mean that Nick Foles is the savior. Everyone, needs, when many people think of Nick Foles, they go back to okay, let's go back to the Super Bowl season where he took that that Eagles team to win the whole Super Bowl. That was great. But people are forgetting about that season with Jacksonville last year. There was a reason that they were willing to trade him away, uh, and that's not just the confidence they had in Gardner Minshew. Uh, there was reasons they wanted him gone because he's injury prone, and when he played, he did not play that well. So when the, when he came to the Bears, there was hope that he could put something together like that season he did with the Eagles. But after watching that first game, it did not look good. And I'm gonna say this, and then he's he's even sitting in the room. Hi, Dad. How you doing over there? Uh, he's been a huge he's a critic of Mitchell Trubisky, and he even made this statement. He's been like one of the guys who most people in Chicago just hate Trubisky. He's he said that if Trubisky had played that game. They would be more in the game than they were with Nick Foles playing. Nick Foles played awful. I'm just gonna say it. He played awful. Uh, Trubisky wasn't like necessarily had a awful. It, it, was, it was Trubisky-esque. I will it say was that. And it was just not good. Uh, they could not move the ball. They could not run the ball either. That's a whole other story, which I'm not gonna go into now. But they could not run the ball. They could not pass the ball. It just looked bad. Nick Foles, you need to prove it next week, or else I'm going to begin to start calling Trubisky's name. And hey. Maybe some other people will start calling Trubisky's name. That's not a sentence that I thought anyone would be saying uh, once Nick Foles entered the game. Uh, but if Trubisky's name is starting to get called by people besides me and besides people uh, in Chicago and other big names, uh, if they are getting called by bigger names, then that's going to be something to watch because uh, Nick Foles, yes, it seems like his job could be secure going into before this week, because it doesn't seem like the Bears are going to want to start flip-flopping their quarterbacks all the time. But We thought Trubisky's job was secured. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that changed quickly. It was for two and a half weeks. Yeah, but Nick Foles at this point after that game, I know the Bears don't want to continue to flip their quarterbacks because I was talking about this yesterday with someone. They don't want to continue to flip their quarterbacks because the chemistry with the receivers is just not going to be there. They need to get to know the receivers better in practice. Uh, they need to have all the reps that they need. You can't split reps and just hope that one half they'll put in somebody else and the half, other half they'll put in somebody else, put in a hot hand. It's not like a running back. A quarterback, you need your guy to go out there and lead your team. You can't start switching. The Bears need to find their quarterback. And if it's Foles, if they like what they see in practice, keep it going. And if, if Foles continues to flop, then I think you have to flirt with the idea of putting Mr. Trubisky back in. And if you do that, you have to hold to that the rest of the season. The Bears have this, some decisions to make if Foles plays like he did uh, on Sunday. I hope he does not. I hope things just go in an upward slope, not a downward slope like we saw last week. Hey, you guys still have your third-string quarterback, Tyler Bray. Or That's true. Yeah. He's been on our team for a while. Yeah. He has not touched the field. <laughs> no, he, no, he has not. He's not good enough to touch the field unless both of them get hurt. 
or it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, but I have um, Nick Foles' stat line pulled up, and then we'll move on to the next one. He was 26 for 42, 61.9% completion, 249 yards, which is boosted towards the end of the game. A touchdown, a pick, and a 76.4 passer rating, so not yeah. good in Nick Foles' first start with the Bears. Um, so there that section is. We talked about this next section a little bit earlier, but we'll just throw out some names really quickly just to get a glance at where we are a quarter of the way through the season. But top MVP candidates, um, Brandon, you mentioned, um, you talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. Ryan, you're a big Josh Allen yeah. fan. And Jordan, you, up, you picked Russell Wilson <laughs> to win MVP before the season starts. That's so right, there's some okay. ties to all three of you guys for the top three right now. Yeah. And even for me, four, Patrick Mahomes is not doing bad either. Yeah. He's at least always going to be in that conversation. With Lamar and Patrick are always going to be in that conversation, yeah. but they're not having the seasons to back up their no. MVP no, yeah. seasons that they had the other year. Now, their two MVP seasons were some of the greatest MVP seasons we've seen in a long time. Pat had like 50 touchdowns, and Lamar uh, undisputably the MVP last year, but uh, they, they're they not playing to the caliber of the fact that they could be winning the MVP, and that's also to the fact that their teams are pretty good. They have good players around them, so they're not the most valuable uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Trace McSorley for MVP. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's the joke right don't now. Don't <laughs> Play the song. No, I don't like that <laughs> song. Did you hear the song? I, I just looked it up because I saw he was becoming a meme, and then I looked up Trace McSorley, and then it showed me, the, like, a link to the song. But the song was, like, published, like, two years ago on YouTube, so I don't know why it's, it's just coming up now. It was on TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah. Brandon, do you have TikTok? I do have TikTok, oh. unfortunately. <laughs> that's a conversation Dirty for another duty. time. Yeah. Yeah. Guys <laughs> are not big TikTokers. All right, um, let's go around the circle that we have here for this podcast. And um, just throw around the name that right now you think is the MVP of the league. Just the name. No other things. Brandon, start, and we'll wrap around the name. Aaron Freak Fracking Rodgers. Jordan? Russ the Bus. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, but it's close <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I will say He'd that. He'd be number two for me. I think right now it's Wilson, Rodgers, and Josh Allen, but they're all very close. Nobody responded to my Russ the Bus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I thought that was funny. All right. Big trust Russ the Bus. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got a couple more things to talk about, but I want to talk about the COVID-19 situation with the Titans really quickly. Who are they playing this week? I can't even remember. The Bills. That game is still in jeopardy, so we're not sure exactly it's going to be played. We haven't heard um, some news, but it seems seems like it's... Yeah, so they had zero positive tests. Uh, Ian Rappaport told told me on his... Rappaport? Yeah, (laughs) Rappaport at Rap Sheet. He told me on his beautiful Instagram story. Yeah, he was talking directly. Oh, okay. He told me uh, on his awesome Instagram stories, we had some great filters. Uh, Go give him a follow if you have not already. Those are just fun to watch and get some good news as well. Uh, But he said that the Titans should be going back to their facilities for the first time in like a week on Wednesday. Uh, They should be set to open as long as nobody gets any more cases. So it looks like the game should be good to go as far as we know right now. Uh, it's going to be lopsided in terms of the Bills because, well, first of all, the Bills are probably just better, but also the fact that the Titans are missing out some time on, on watching film and also uh, practicing together in their facility. So if they do play, they're going to be, um, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but yeah. it might not be disadvantage. Because, and it, that's what I was looking for. It's going to be a disadvantage for them because uh, they just – do not have as much practice time, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, that's just as far as I know right now. And who knows, uh, by the next day, maybe something has changed. We're filming this on Tuesday. You're probably listening to this on Wednesday or sometime after that. So, yes. That's, yeah. that's it when, it's me. probably, you know, it's well, unfortunately yeah. not the... Are you going more? No. Oh, I was just going to say, it's probably not <laughs> the last time something like this yeah. is going to happen. So, 
that's an unfortunate reality, but you know, it's it was almost kind of expected, sadly, coming into twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, but I think the league's handled it really well. They've you know shut down the facility, rescheduling games. It's not easy to do, but I mean. Like I said, this probably won't be a one-time thing, unfortunately, but I think the league did a great job handling it. You know, push the games back if you need to, switch it around. Might be difficult, might be a little inconvenient for some teams, but if we want to get a full, you know, normal 16-game season, playoffs and everything, we're going to have to make some adjustments, and it might not always be ideal, Ideal, but, you know, shout-out to the Titans for dealing with this, and shout-out to the league for handling it well. Yeah, and, for and the, the first, Steelers, too. The yeah. Steelers, too, of And course. for the first three they weeks, there was really nothing besides no fans at the stadiums. You didn't hear much about about anything that COVID had been doing in the NFL. Uh, week four, thanks James, Cam, New- Cam Newton got it. The Titans squad had a lot of people who got it. Things started to come back to the reality that, yes, we are still in a pandemic. The NFL has been handling it nicely. Uh, the Titans might be under some duress of getting uh, some sort of, I think, uh, fine for uh, what they did, some sort of punishment for not following protocols. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Uh, so we'll see what happens in the future with that. But the NFL has it under control so far, and let's just continue to have a great football season. Yeah, let's do that. And speaking of the rest of the football season and that Bills-Titans game, that's one of the best games that we should see because both those teams are undefeated. So our next thing, I'm just going to read off some of the top games from Week 5, and we'll talk about some of those games in the next podcast. But just to preview some of the games, we got the Buccaneers at Bears on Thursday night. We Nick Foles at Brady. Foles Brady, even though they're on opposites, they're never playing at the same time. So I never liked those that quarterback thing because the quarterback's playing against the defense, not the other quarterback. Uh, we could talk about that later. I just think that's ridiculous. Raiders at Chiefs, another good one. Uh, let's keep scrolling down. I actually just lost my spot, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, the whole premise of what I was saying was that there are some good games, and that includes, uh, I guess you could say, the Giants at Cowboys is a huge NFC East game. The Colts at Browns will be a good one. Um, the Vikings and it's Seahawks. It doesn't seem like it's that good, but they always seem to have good matchups. Yeah. And I honestly the think Seahawks that are always going to keep it close to their defense, and that's going to be yeah. a high-scoring game, in my opinion, where Russ continues to go well. Yeah. I agree. And I honestly think the Chargers at Saints, that Monday night game, will be better than people would expect, Yeah, the too. Chargers have been doing okay. They just haven't oh, been getting the, I'm excited the for that game. Uh, attention because, you know, they haven't been winning, but they've played some good teams really well. Yeah, they've kind of been having a good week and having a bad week. We saw it against the Chiefs. They had a good week, and then they played, uh, who they play? Panthers. After? The Panthers, they had a bad week. Uh, and then, they, but this week they had a good week, although they lost. Yeah, so. They were up like twenty four to seven. Yeah, so they, they had, had like, a good you know, start. Nice stretches. And I still, I like Herbert. That defense is injured, but they're still pretty good. Uh, so the Chargers are in a tough division, but don't count them out yet. All right, we got one last thing to talk about. Um, some big news from this week, and then this podcast is going to be over. Um, and that's oh, wow. Trey Lance. We talked about him earlier when we were talking about um the the tank for Trevor stuff. We mentioned his name. We're talking about those quarterbacks. But he is officially declaring for the NFL. Um, he's done with NDSU. He's ready to go to the NFL. So just any last thoughts on that? Um, just watching. I didn't. I unfortunately wasn't able to watch the game uh, against Central Arkansas, but I'm looking at the stats right here. Trey Lance did not wow you through the, through the air. 15 to, 15 to 30 for 149 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But oh, pick. That's unheard of for him. That's it, it is unheard of for him. But he still keeps his winning streak alive. There you go. Um, and in the rushing game, this is the part of Trey Lance that everyone loves. He's a true dual-threat quarterback. Leader in rushing, 15 carries, 143 yards, oh and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's why he looked really outstanding in that game was in the in the rushing. He had some good passes as well. I watched the highlights of that game. He played well. I think he made a good enough name for himself where he said, okay, I don't need to play the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm just going to declare now and be 
picked in the first round. He's a guy I really like for this 2021 draft. Yeah, and I don't know how much film you guys have watched or where you guys have him on your boards, but I have him, I have him as the number three quarterback yeah, right now, so I think that's overall the consensus. But just really quick, a few things um, that I've liked about Trey Lance. I did see some of that showcase game, or not like live, but some of the you know throws he made in that game, and I watched uh, several of his games from last season when I was doing um, my very early film study. But some of the things you got to like, good decision-making that's obvious by the very, very, very low interception you know occurrence, you know, the, the interception in the... Um, the showcase game, that's something that rarely ever occurs. So he's a great decision maker. He's very athletic, moves around in the pocket very swiftly. Great mechanics. He has such a smooth throwing motion. I think that he's just a very, you know, athletic guy who moves around really well. You know, not not just when he's running, but also when he's in the pocket. Runs the play action, rollouts really well. And he plays with confidence and poise and he trusts himself. You know, I know it's the FCS, but this guy is a national champion. He's been, um, you know, on the bright lights. Even if, if, even if it's the FCS, this guy, you know... He, he feels like he's ready. That's why he declared, you know, this guy, um, he's done a lot of great things. You know, you might not hear about him as much as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Field, but remember this this name, Trey Lance, because he's going to be right behind them on draft board. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So we, we're going to talk about co- the college season as it goes on a little bit more in these podcasts. So that was just a little preview of that. But that ends this podcast hey, for Trask, today. How you doing? Yeah, Kyle Trask. We'll be talking about Kyle Pitts. You good? Yeah. Kyle Pitts will <laughs> as well. Both the Kyles, by the way, they're playing outstanding. Trevor, you doing good? Trevor, we talked about Trevor a bit already. It's better than when he had. Um, so, so there it is. Justin, um, you haven't played yet, but you'll be good. Yeah, uh, we got it. We got a bunch of things done today. I'm proud of us. A little, a little bit of a clap there. A little silent clap for what we're doing. Jordan, clap, clap for us. Thank you. Um, so there it is. Our second ever podcast completed. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. We'll be back every week on Wednesdays. Um, to talk more. Well, they had like three, so. Yeah, <laughs> to talk more about football, both NFL mainly, but some college in there as well as I just mentioned. And yeah, that's it. So with that, we will see you guys later. Peace out. See, see ya. ya.